Hi, everybody. This is Adriana Trajani. I'm the host of You Are What You Read. I have the privilege of interviewing luminaries of our times about the books that shaped them from childhood until now. We get everybody from Sarah Jessica Parker to Kristen Hanna, Mitch Albom, Susie Essman, Craig Ferguson, Rain Wilson, Amor Tolls, you name it, they come, they share. New episodes of You Are What You Read drop every Tuesday on Apple, Spotify, or any major streaming platform wherever you listen to your podcasts. Hey, what's up? Welcome back. It's Don and Steve. The experience on My Talk 1071, where talk is fun. Donna Valentine is in Nantucket. Presumably shucking oysters and this such. It's like a fancy vacation. I just have an image in my head of a very fancy, like, spa-ish vacation if you go to someplace like Nantucket. She's doing, like, the Martha's Vineyard thing and everything, and she would not really say who she was going with. Okay. Which was uh, perfect, Donna. You know, just just like... (laughs) She's uh, mysterious in spurts. She is. (laughs) And I cannot express this enough. It really irritates me. (laughs) I'm like, just tell me who. I don't care if I know them or not. It's just say their name. You just want the information. So you can, like, fully, when you're you're going, oh, here's the image of what she's doing there. You want to be able to fill it in. That's right. With the proper characters. Rocco, is there not a old... Like nursery rhyme about Nantucket. Oh, or something? yeah, there's a limerick. A limerick. I'm sure of Hey, You do a lot of limericks in your show. Do not, yeah? I yeah. do not. Okay. And you know that. So, no. <laughs> and don't give people advice because then they'll go, oh, she likes limericks. And my email oh. and social media will be flooded yeah, guys, with limericks going, here's the thing. Here's hit Miss Shannon up today on oh, Twitter with your favorite no. limericks. No. She's always <laughs> looking to crowdsource jokes exactly. for her stand up. <laughs> Um, hey, I saw this news this morning. Uh, Vince Gill was talking with Entertainment Tonight. Uh, shall we do it? Let's make it official. Give me a beat. It's time to talk music. I enjoy music. With Donna Valentine. Yeah! And Steve Patterson. You like Huey Lewis on the news? This, this is the beat. beat. Uh, Vince Gill was talking about his wife, Amy Grant, who was unable to attend the red carpet and taping of Vince Gill's CMT Giants. Uh, it's called Vince Gill. It's, it was happening in Nashville on Monday. But remember, she was in that bike accident uh, in July. Right. And it left her hospitalized for a while. She had hit a pothole and then fell so hard that she had lost consciousness for 10 minutes. And I grew up listening to Amy Grant, so I've been paying attention to her for as long as I can remember. Because, um, I mean, I was the the private Christian grade school kiddo. You know, oh, that yeah. Thing. So we were all about that oh, back yeah. when she was like El Shaddai. Her, hey, El Shaddai yes. and angels yes. walking over me. I still have that song stuck in the back of my head. I tell the you, whole album. My mom had Amy Grant cds that we yes, listened to exactly. so hard right, exactly we did too oh my gosh oh, amy grant that's one of the few things i can play on the piano is the beginning of one of her yes. songs just one, like we just grew up remember when so she when came she out got, with baby baby that was a and everybody right was there. like yeah and we're like wait yeah well, it was a big is she deal still a christian because i was a, like we were like that was before we knew that divorce could be a thing and they're like wait she's oh divorced yeah. from gary chapman i'm like oh, oh yeah. okay so oh, we i remember were like, that controversy yeah. oh, i remember my actually gosh. going to christian bookstores and when they'd have their cd collection like buying amy grant yes. and all this stuff so i'm glad that she is doing well i mean after she had her heart condition and things that she had a while back that she was dealing with so so, I mean, saying them saying that what she needed to do was rest and what Vince is saying, that's like, nope, she just needs to, as he put it, be still. Be still. Absolutely makes sense. And he mm-hmm. said it's really tough for her because she's oh, just sure. very active. She wanted to be there. Mm-hmm. And I think it's one of these situations where if if she had just been given the keys, she yes. would have been like, okay, great, I'm coming. Mm-hmm. But it sounds like her doctor's. 
as well as probably Vince. You could imagine some conversations that Vince and Amy have had to have where yeah. she's like, no, I'm fine. And he is on the other side thinking, wait, I was the one who like came to the hospital after right. you had been unconscious for exactly. 10 minutes. And let's do the slow Honey, road to recovery. we're recording it. You can watch it later. <laughs> you right. don't need to be here. Yes. Stay. Rest. But mm-hmm. I think a lot of people are happy to know that, yes, yeah, she's on the mend. He says she's doing great, but I don't know how long this season of her, you know, quote unquote, being still mm-hmm. will need to last. It's been two months since the accident happened. And so well, her, brain say- injuries and type things, they can take a while. You know, we've heard numerous stories where people think they're OK and then three months later they're not. So that's you know why you can imagine why they're advising her to be still now just to try not to prolong her recovery, I'm sure. Right. Um, by the way, Elizabeth Reese, mm-hmm. <laughs> actually, she loved Amy Grant so hard. Yes. And then we found someone on our team, Mike Marcotte, our producer, yes. reached out to Amy Grant's team when she was coming to Minnesota a couple years ago. Right. And, uh, Elizabeth, we used to talk about El Shaddai all the time yeah. and she El would go Shaddai, right into the second El line Shaddai, of something. Eleanor, yes. I, I never knew that line. Age to age. Yeah, okay. Yes. Easy to share I know the whole thing. Okay, so I you would have been. I still have the CD someplace in my house. So <laughs> we found old tape of her at one point that her mom sent us of oh. of Elizabeth, I believe, singing El Shaddai I? Uh, up at someone, you know, because her dad's a pastor, and so she used to. Just, she was like, it was like working for Barnum and Bailey. I'm sure it's like, oh, hey, I'm it's sure. another service. Come Bring out sing. your flute. Yes, you're gonna perform. <laughs> So anyway, we found this old tape, and then we thought, oh, maybe we can get a hold of Amy Grant. And our producers reach out; they get a hold of her. Smash cut to her meeting Amy Grant before her show, right? And sitting down, having this wonderful little one-on-one interview, and then the guitar gets busted out, and she sings El Shaddai with Amy Grant. Adorable! It was a lot. It was a very emotional experience. Yes, I can uh, imagine. That's wonderful. Reminded of that. Uh, More music news. Luke Bryan. Who mm-hmm. I quite enjoy on American Idol. I love the whole American Idol lineup right now. Love Lionel Richie. Katy Perry has really, I think, gotten into this comfortable. Uh, first year felt a little bit try hard with her yeah. comedy and antics on American Idol. She's, she's so, like, I'm the comedy queen. Yeah, but you're also a really good musician and all these is. other things. So. And I'm telling you, this has been like the 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 anecdotal response that we have all had since Katy Perry um, had a baby and became a mom. There was like something. She was great. She was Mm -hmm. always great. But there was something, this softness, this like tender side of her that I think helped her to put the comedy and always antics in the backseat. And it allowed her to give like more of a caring critique of people. And she was getting emotional when people would sing because sometimes you have a baby, you become a parent, and then it opens up this chamber in your heart that you didn't know was there before. And so you're feeling things differently. I think it's also that, you know, if I if I transition to pre-Shannon, who had a lot of jokes about how I'm not having kids, I don't want to have a kids, people think it's weird <laughs> that I have kids, yeah. versus afterwards, it was grounding because I think that it really does put you in a position, especially if you're a Katy Perry before you have kids, Mm -hmm. there's an expectation as a woman who doesn't have kids, what you're supposed to be like. And all of the, you do have to be a lot more circusy because Mm -hmm. there's still an expectation that you're going to have kids. And if you don't, you're a weird unicorn. So I think that sometimes it just frees you up to go, all right, I've already, I've filled in that expectation. People are going to stop asking me about it. 
I can be I can be more dimensional, I think, as well. Huh. People just stop hyper focusing on the fact that you're in your 30s and don't have kids. Yeah, right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's probably a good point. Well, we, we noticed that she's just gotten yep. into this real sweet spot. Luke Bryan is always fun. He's got interesting stuff to say. He was on this podcast. Oh, gosh, called the Full Send podcast. And they basically set him up with this premise. They said, hey, in hip hop, there there are ways where people figure out, okay, that guy's either legit hip hop or he's not. Is it the same uh-huh. in country? Here's what Luke Bryan had to say about that. I can unequivocally say without a shadow of a doubt, if you sing about hunting and fishing and drinking and trucks and I get you on my farm in one minute, I could tell if you're a poser. Or if you're not legit. <laughs> so he, he, it's the Luke Bryan farm test. I mean, <laughs> that dude is a country yeah. boy. My yeah. goodness. So anyway, there's fake country, just like there's fake hip hop. There's oh, fake right. everything. Mm-hmm. And Luke Bryan says, you got to pass my farm test. Yeah. Before it's I, like, I need you know to see you're you. really city. Like, yeah. why are you trying to play? How about you shotgun that beer? Yeah. If they don't do it immediately and know what you're talking about, <laughs> then Luke's like, get out. Or even more than that. Hey, man, what's the difference between these rakes? I got a fork, pitchfork, and a rake. And if you're like, I don't know what a rake is, then you're not country. Get off my property (laughs) right about now. Uh, Speaking boy, nothing further from just some uh, good old-fashioned Southern living. We will go across the pond, get a little bit of the latest stuff, an update on King Charles and how rich he just got. We talked about this yesterday. I think it's even more than we originally thought. And you remember there were the rainbows over Buckingham Palace when the Queen passed? Someone saw something yesterday in the sky. Was it the Queen sending a sign? We'll tell you about it when we come back. It's Don and Steve on my talk. Hey, what's up, friends? Welcome back. It's Don and Steve, the experience on My Talk 1071, where talk is fun. Thanks so much for hanging out with us and listening wherever it is that you happen to be hanging out with us. Uh, by the way, I'll let you know some cool things we have coming up here. Uh, we're going to play the College of Pop Culture Knowledge at 1030, as we do every day. Mm-hmm. The winner of that gets a uh, movie passes. So that's great. You know, it's an upgrade from our normal T-shirt that we yes. do. Mm-hmm. At 11 o'clock, at 1130, you and I are going to play the Millennial X Games. Yes. And uh, you will represent Gen X. X. I will mm-hmm. represent the Millennials. Gotcha. The winner gets tickets to see Panic at the Disco tonight. They're we fantastic. just heard about this. Have if, you seen them in concert? Yes. And if Brandon Urie does not do this backflip off the stage thing, like that's why I kind of wait for that. Oh, like, is he this can a do this thing? Well, I he, like, does, he does it a lot, you know, kind of thing. Oh. So uh, hopefully he's feeling spry. Okay. All right. Like, well, like, where is your backflip? If I could be. I don't know if you did much musical theater in high school. No. If I could have been in any musical theater performance with Brandon Urie, that would have been yeah. my thing. Like, I was like, I would, lo- I, that's that's one of the things. If I had a Wayback Machine, it could make, because we're not the same age, but it, but if I could sure. jury rig my uh, history. Yeah. And that's hypothetically, what I you been. can. Don't exactly. put any limitations right. exactly. on how you so dream up. So if I'm going to go and, and Bill and Ted's this, yes. I would go back. And be in musical and theater, a music with, theater him. with Brendan Urie. Well, there's your your tease to keep listening. Eleven yes, thirty, maybe you'll tickets. see him do a backflip tonight. Mm-hmm. Panic at the Disco tickets for tonight. So that's at eleven thirty. Um, a little royal news. I want to give everybody an update. Of course, the Queen's passing. We see continuing television coverage of that as she lies in state, and the BBC is going to be broadcasting that live, and all sorts of things happening with uh, within the royal family. Found out an update on some of the money that. <laughs> King Charles, now King Charles is getting, yesterday we said it was in like the $750 million estate that he had inherited, but it turns out it got a little bit of an update on this, and I thought, wow, this is really a significant amount of money. While the royals will not make public um, the royal family's total wealth, it's a very closely guarded secret. Absolutely. The Morning Brew uh, newsletter that I subscribe to, they did a little write-up on it. 
They say that Charles has inherited the majority of a portfolio of assets worth around $28 billion in value. So yesterday we were like, hey, $750 million. Listen, it's always tough to lose someone, no doubt about it. But when the will comes out, if you find out that you're 750 in the positive million, that's pretty great. Now we hear it's the majority of a $28 billion value of which I guess he gets to control at this point. And due to a 1993 agreement with the British government, <laughs> all of that is exempt from inheritance tax. However, this would kind of chap me if I was a, just a commoner in the UK. Mm-hmm. The rest of the UK inheritance tax is 40% for estates worth more than $377,000. So the king doesn't have to pay any of it, but the rest of the common folk have to pay 40% if mom or dad leaves you their house that is now paid off and worth $500,000. But that's the part that (laughs) I'm like, I'm just salty. So if you look at this, so Prince William inherited a 685-year-old estate. That's 685 years of colonialism and gobbledygook that muddies all these waters. Sure. So I know that they do do, you know, you, we focus on a lot of the, the, here's what they do in the community and they have these foundations, all this stuff. I'm like, as you should. Yeah. You should. Yes. There should, all of this. I mean, think of how many, I hate to be, it's such a large number that my brain can barely wrap around it. 28 billion. But if you just think about if there is any poverty whatsoever in that country, dude, what are you doing? And that's what I, I get bothered by when you have numbers yeah. that are that big. There's no, when you're us and you're going, okay, I can see this person deserves a six figure job. Okay, mm-hmm. I can wrap my head around that amount of money and you worked hard enough to get it. Sure. There is no amount of work that I think garners. I'm like, yeah, you need a billion. Yeah. <laughs> you shouldn't give a bunch of that stuff back because it's, it's just hard to fathom that. I just heard this morning that um, Steph Curry Mm -hmm. is on the verge of signing a $1 billion lifetime contract with uh, Under Armour. With Under Armour. Wow. That's a lot. It is a lot. If you can get it, get it. So, anyway, Steph Curry. American royalty, I guess. Uh, But yeah, that's a fair point. If somebody offered us that much money, we would take it. But I do think. I think I would do a lot more with it. Then. I'd, I'd like to not know that there's $28 billion in a Scrooge McDuck vault somewhere right, exactly. while there, if, if there are exactly. large issues of poverty Agreed. and sort of, you know, it just feels like, Agreed. yeah, you want to make sure that you're doing a lot of good. I hear your point of right. like, yeah, of course you're doing good. You should be doing exactly. good. I'm Bradley Trainer, And I'm Don McClain. We have a podcast called Blinded by the Item. A blind item is gossip about a celebrity with their name left out. It's a guessing game and you can play along. The item might be like, this A-list star carries a Birkin bag worth more than the average person's house to the gym to work out. Pretty sure that's J-Lo. And P.S. The person behind all of this is Chris Jenner, LLC. We drop a new episode every weekday so the fun never ends. Blinded by the Item. Listen wherever you get podcasts and watch us on the Blinded by the Item YouTube channel. Because you were born. Because you have the ability to do so much good. So, yes. Yes. Well done. Do um, that. Click on the link if you can. Anyone anyone listening, we should give all of our listeners access to the good. It'd be great. It says, first the rainbow, now queen seen in cloud. Her majesty rides off into the sunset. Cloud over London resembles the late monarch on a horse. This was in the Daily Mail yesterday. And so I, I scroll down and on this Daily Mail article, they have a picture of the queen from back in the day yep. riding on a horse. And then you scroll down lower 
and it they say this maybe is the queen in the cloud on a horse. I will say it does look like the picture above. It kind of okay. looks like the queen yes. is on a horse. I mean, it also looks like a My Little Pony unicorn. It also looks For like Shannon, a- <laughs> don't don't steal from my grief. I don't know. Is I'm this like, a reach to a the Daily Mail? resembling a figure on horseback spotted in Wembley. I, 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 okay. Yes, it's a reach. But, I mean, the Cirrus, the Cirrus clouds do look a little bit like, okay. I'm not telling you that you can't interpret it that way. Just like any okay. Rorschach ink black test, you can see anything right. in that that you want. I could, you know, it, it's, it's not going to be the thing that I'm going this is clearly a sign. The queen has sent us a message. Now, <laughs> what the, message? The, the ring... I'm still watching? What message is he sending? And I took the horse. Is <laughs> <laughs> that what it means? We don't know. The rainbows, I thought, were pretty something. Though yeah. that, that was pretty cool yes. on the day of her passing. But uh, right. anyway, um, so on the Daily Mail today, if you want to look up the picture of was the queen seen riding a horse <laughs> in the clouds. We'll play a game now. Feels like the right time to shift to that. You can play too. 651-641-1071. Call now. It's going to be the College of Pop Culture Knowledge. We'll find out what the uh, topic is when we come back. You can bet on me. You can bet on Miss Shannon. Bet on the right person. You win a prize. That's next. You're listening to My Talk. Hey, welcome back. It is the Don and Steve experience on My Talk 1071, where talk is fun. We have all sorts of giveaways happening today. We're about to give away some movie passes. At 11.30, we're going to play a game called the Millennial X Games. We mm-hmm. play it every Wednesday at 11.30. And the winner of that will win two tickets to see Panic at the Disco tonight. But first things first, it is time now for the College of Pop Culture Knowledge. Time to go to college. It's time to attend the College of Pop Culture Knowledge. It's like quiz ball. Three trivia questions to find out who's smarter. Donna. Donna's a smart one. Or Steve. His brain ain't right, but it's fun. And here's your host. DJ Rock Lobster. Lobster. I want to see how smart you are. Lies. All lies. I am Mike filling in for DJ Rock Lobster this time around. Mike, you're doing it? Yes, I'm going to do it. And Rocco is going to be judging you just a few feet away. My left hand is going to be securely in his, so uh, (laughs) all right. Okay, great. We'll we'll be good through this one, but today... Is he making his DJ Rock Lobster judging face at you right now from across the room? My glasses, I got my glasses. I'm serving two masters here. We were talking about the trees before. I got to like, he's the one training me, and then he's the one telling me the stories. So I got to serve two masters. This is difficult. It's a tightrope to walk right here. Mm -hmm. It really is. (laughs) It'll be easier tomorrow when he's gone and you and I, we can just live free without him looking over our shoulder, judging. So we're going to get started things off today with the uh, the day of the week, which is the national, or I should say the day of the year, which is the National Hoagie Day. We talked about it at the mm-hmm. start of the show. That is going to be the yes. topic today. So oh, for the... Uh, I love hoagies. <laughs> I am so excited about National Hoagie Day. I don't know if I'm going to celebrate yet, but I I just love hoagies. Okay. Well, you don't need to know a ton about hoagies, just the ingredients that might be on a hoagie. Okay, good. Because I was like, be I don't the think I'm uh, uh, attuned to hoagie history. Oh, hoagie history. Yeah, I don't know Michelle, about that, but we'll see how it goes. History. So what we're going to do is we've got a uh, caller ready to go as uh, it's Chris on the line that'll be playing the game. So, uh, Chris. Hi, hi Chris. Welcome to the College of Pop Culture Knowledge. How are you? Good. Happy pierogi day. Hey, don't (laughs) get... See, I like the pierogies better than the hoagie. But she knows. If I had to to only choose one, if it was like a Highlander situation, I would pierogi as well, Chris. Yes. Well, we've talked about this, and Chris, maybe you were listening this day, of trying to create the... 
pure hoagie. It is essentially a hoagie sandwich that is um, made up more or less of dumplings, and but still normal hoagie filling on the inside. Oh, state fair food, anyone? Ooh, pure I like hoagie. That idea. Pure Chris, hoagie. are you in for a pure hoagie? Yes, I am. Okay. Oh, I like you, Chris. Uh, Chris, after you play the game today and presumably win, mm-hmm. what's next on your agenda? You sound very relaxed and laid back right now. <laughs> Well, I'm at work. Okay. Oh, so you're doing low voice to not get caught. Because <laughs> right now your company is paying you money and you've called into the Don and Steve experience. We appreciate that. Correct. It's multitasking. You should put that on your resume. Next <laughs> mm-hmm. That's exactly right. Mm-hmm. Was able to steal money from the company. Yes. Uh, you now get to team up with uh, Miss Shannon or Steve. Who would you like to team up with for National Hoagie Day trivia? I'm going to take Miss Shannon. Okay, oh, okay. Great. All right, here we go. All right, All I'm right, going to leave. You guys flag me now when it's my turn. All righty. Okay, Chris, it's been a while since I played. I'm going to do my best to make you proud. I'd love for you to be able to go and get these movie passes. So. We'll, do your, we'll, we'll do our best. All right. So, All right. Mike, you said yep. it's all hoagie-related information. Hoagie ingredient-related. So, uh, Chris, just hang on there. We'll put you on hold as we will get things started here. And we'll start it all off with uh, Miss Shannon here with number one. There was a 1978 cult parody film that had three sequels. It was called Attack of the Killer What? Tomatoes. There you go. We've got uh, What 1979 song was Weird Al spoofing in his 1983 song about baloney? Sharona. My Sharona. And the 2011 song Ham was done by which two A-list rappers? That was uh, a question mark. Sorry. <laughs> uh, the 2011 song Ham was done by which two A-list rappers? I have no clue. Um, Eminem and Dr. Dre. I don't know. <laughs> All right. Uh, there ham. we have it. We'll bring Chris back in here. Chris, huh. how do you think uh, Miss Shannon did? I did. I think she did great, but I don't know the last one either. Yeah, I don't know that. But I'll be honest with you, Chris. I don't think of all the things to know. I don't think that Steve's going to know either. So I think we're okay. (laughs) If he knows that, I will literally lay down on this floor like Jimmy Kimmel and through the rest of the show. Um, So should I go get it, Mike? Yeah, go ahead and grab it. Okay, because I can't change it because I mean, 2000. What year did you say? 2011 song Ham. I don't know. Yeah, I don't have a better answer. Okay. I don't know. All right. I'm going to go get him. All right. Okay. All right, she's going to run out and grab Steve, as Chris will find out. If Miss Shannon did well enough on National Hoagie Day. <laughs> and here they return. <laughs> what are you doing out there? <laughs> We're in a conversation about Wheel of Fortune and, oh, okay. and how when you used to win that game, it wasn't like, oh, you won $35,000 or here's a car. But you would have money and then you would pick out things like I'll take oh, yes. the dishwasher, mm-hmm. the surfboard. This is what I want, Pat. Yeah, yeah I remember them saying that. Remember that big, dog. like dog? There was that brass. Or she just said something dog. about a spotted Dalmatian. Exactly. Mm-hmm. That's exactly it. Yes, it was always in the she, corner. I thought mm-hmm. she thought nope. there was a real dog that was being no. sold, and I just thought, <laughs> okay, well, she's losing it, but I'll be kind in my response. Oh, okay. You I saw a massive pig. price tag on it, and you're like, mm-hmm. who would ever buy that when mm-hmm. they have those options? I just <laughs> talked to her. Yeah, no. she's out in the hall. Um, she's like, I was waiting for that one. Let me ask this question. How did it go? Well. Is that right? Well. Yes. Because, Not perfect, but well. Huh. I like to think of you, I, hmm. when you come in, I think that you are very smart in yes. all sorts of different areas, mm-hmm. but I like to think that you crumble during a game. That just <laughs> that we just find a blind spot and it doesn't work. So that's what I was hoping for. And it sounds like that's you know not what, what I got. Rocco does know my blind spot because we did it that one time. <laughs> it's like Rocco knows my blind spot is a lot of minutiae on specific, very popular pop culture TV shows. 
Oh, I okay. did not watch a lot of those. And Rocco and I are in the same uh, the, the same conclave age wise. Yeah. Um, yeah. So all of that stuff that I should know about, like Friends and all, I don't know. Don't any, know. I don't watch any of those shows. Okay. All right. But I, I guess, was off watching Star Trek. Yeah. That's all I know. I don't know anything about any. I know that they were popular, and I know the Sex in the City was a big deal, but I've never watched That's it. That's it. Yeah. But apparently did well on a hoagie test. Okay, I'm ready for hoagie talk. Here we All go. right, here we go. Steve's turn. We will get things started with there was a 1978 cult parody film with three sequels. It was called Attack of the Killer What? Pass. What 1979 song was Weird Al spoofing in his 1983 song about baloney? My Sharona? The 2011 song Ham was done by which two A-list rappers? Oh, shizzle. (laughs) T.I. and Lil Wayne. All right, back to the top. 1978 cult parody film with three sequels called Attack of the Killer What? Bees. Boom. I am quite confident in that first answer. (laughs) I am quite confident. If it's Attack of the Hoagies, I'm going to be really disappointed. <laughs> we'll, we'll run through them uh, two, one, and three. We'll start things off with the 1979 song it was spoofed by Weird Al. You both nailed that one. The next, My Sharona, yep. of course. Okay. Good. Yeah. Well Woo-hoo. done. I even did uh, My Baloney rather than My Bologna. Yeah, just to help. Too much. Yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. there you go. That was wily of you. I appreciate <laughs> there it. There you go. Mm-hmm. And uh, there uh, was a 1978 cult parody film with three sequels. It was called Attack of the Killer. Tomatoes. There you go. Boom, 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 boom. Oh, the tomato on a hoagie. Yeah. So good. Little salt I've seen those that. too many times. Oh, I've seen all I've never heard of them. <laughs> ever. Jeez, Louise. Okay. And now, the deciding one. Yes. The 2011 song Ham was done by which two A-list rappers? The correct answer, Jay-Z and Kanye West. Chris oh. and Miss Shannon are winners. Yay! Jay-Z and Kanye did a song called Ham? Which I did not know either. I figured you'd know that one. It's a... Uh, it's capital letters, H-A-M, yes. hard as a something you can't say Oh, okay, now oh, I remember. Uh, yeah, mother, okay. father. Yeah, mother sure. Father, yeah. But that was, you know, that was what I was telling Chris. I was all like, of the things, I am confident with the two, okay. and Steve's not going to get the third one either. Dang, <laughs> what I said. Like, that's a bummer. I said I would lay down on the floor like Jimmy Kimmel <laughs> if you managed to pull oh, that geez. rap one out. I'd have been like, Willie Patterson, where'd you Dang, get that? man. Uh, well, Chris, <laughs> congratulations. You just won movie passes. Yay! Cool. Round of applause. Chris, cool. final question for you. Yes. What line of work are you in? <laughs> Um, I can't really say. Come on, you don't have to tell me where you work. Just say what fired. in general you do. What um, field? What field? Industry. I'm outside all day. Okay. Okay. Mm. That's all I can say. <laughs> I bet you've committed a crime. Oh, so- <laughs> I'm just saying. I'm getting that vibe. All right, Chris, stay on the line. We'll get your information. Congratulations, Chris. Thank Man. you. Uh, you do not like not having full disclosure from people. I could just see all I your just face like to like, know. Why would she hide that from us? Do you know yesterday? You're being nosy. We had a she woman said who she called. Had a reason. Just tell me. Just tell me what. Like, say I Man, work on houses. So I paint houses. <laughs> yesterday. Yes. We had a woman who called at about eleven o'clock. Cindy. Cindy was her name. Cindy called. And we were like, hey, let's just take the call cold, whatever. Yeah. Here we go. All right, hey, Cindy, what's up? And she's like, oh, hey. Um, and we're like, hey, uh, Cindy, what do you, what's on your mind? Blah, blah, blah. Oh, you know, oh, I messed this up. <laughs> and then hangs up. Yeah. It was, the, it was the last thing I thought about for the rest of the day. <laughs> 
was what, what was she going to say? And I told her. I said, we're on the air. I said, Cindy, call back. Here's the number. I need to know why you were going to call. I did not like living in that mystery. Just like now, I want to know what the heck Chris actually does. But we've talked about this before, Patterson. You talk about like, when you, you get familiar and ask invasive questions too quickly. I think it's a way for us to develop a bond. No, quickly. it's what it does is that they, you're too far. It okay. gives people out. Remember when know. you said you were in the restaurant and you talked to these nice women and you were like, so what do you tell me everything about you and your address? Yeah. What are you here for? Where are you staying? You know, it's creepy. You just, you know, it's like, hey, let's let's get through the chit-chat and let's connect. You need to watch more real crime TV. Because <laughs> then you will know why people are like, I'm not telling you everything. Wait, you're am I coming it. across as yes. the potential criminal? You're like going to steal my identity or I'm going to wake up it bricked into a wall because you followed <sighs> me home. You come off too you're too aggressive and you're asking invasive questions. But I feel he like they're coming in. across as the criminal by not telling me the information that I want. Are you, you're not the FBI stop. They don't have to be interrogated <laughs> by you, Patterson. <laughs> it's just fun. It gives me a sense of power in my life. See, now that's what I'm saying. You need to relax. Whatever. Have a smoothie, some kombucha. Stop asking people personal questions. Five seconds into the conversation. My classic uh, icebreaker is always, what's your social? <laughs> And no one ever, people always walk away, and I'm like, well, you know what? It wasn't meant to they be They just anyway. back away slowly, and then you're ruminating on it for the rest of the day. Why wouldn't they tell me they're social? It's, just, it's numbers. They're numbers. It's nine numbers. You can jumble the order. Who cares? I'll figure it out. All right. When we come back, how about this? We'll get a little tipsy when we come back. Wearing these makes you look dumber. Also, we talked about Squid Game yesterday and this reality show that's coming out. So the creator of Squid Game, the show, is now talking about the reality show. His thoughts when we come back. It's Donna and Steve on My Talk. Hey, what's up? Welcome back. It's the Donna and Steve experience on My Talk 1071, where talk is fun. We've got Miss Shannon filling in for a vacationing Donna Valentine today. Great to have you here. Great to be here. Appreciate it. We've got DJ Rock Lobster on the eve of his trip to the Boundary Waters. Nice. Yes. Which means we have remnants of Are him today. Are you portaging anything or just going to spectate? Uh, we'll do a couple portages. Okay. It's going to be fun. Yeah. Okay. So, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, I decided we're training in Mike. Uh, mm-hmm. I mean, he's worked on all the shows and he's done more radio than probably all of us combined. Although Miss Shannon's got a I've bit been of around history. For Bit. I mean, <laughs> let's figure this out with Mike because Rocco really keeps talking Mike up and I like Mike yes but I mean he keeps saying things like he used to run radio stations and all that Mike what can you tell us without blatantly promoting other radio stations oh, no. in the market no issue yeah um it, it's not been that long but about seven years ago I actually was one of the final classes to go through Brown um yeah. went through that process ah. so Shan- yeah it was one of the final to uh, to do that and then mm-hmm. I was out in uh Wisconsin Baraboo Wisconsin to be exact Baraboo so, yes home a circus world. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Okay. Everyone knows I knew this. That. And okay. I, I knew that too. That's a weird thing. It's literally the winter homes of uh, when the Ringling Brothers Circus used to travel the country. They used to go back there, and that's where they're from. So the mansions where all the brothers of the Ringling Brothers lived really? are Wait, still up there. They could have gone anywhere in the I winter, know. and they chose that's, the middle of Wisconsin. But that's also Barabu? where they have the clown college. Co- co- they used to, yes. Yeah, they used that's, to have the clown yep, college. Absolutely. I dated a guy, and his family were members of the clown college in wisconsin yeah not my most proud person that i ever dated but can you imagine those classes it was the worst it was like people who are far into clown methodology are as creepy as you would imagine are you dressed up in class do you throw on the red nose they pop in and out of it and talk about the historical construct of 
clowning. And Are they saying like, hey, today we're going to work in big shoes, everybody? This is a staple. We I need to work on big shoes. I think it's picking your character and who does it. And so developing would, the character. I Guys, this is a reality show that needs to be shot. To make nightmares for yes! people. Yes! No. Shannon, come on! This would be great to see clowns in a classroom. There'd have to be a, a trigger classroom. warning. A trigger warning before every episode. And you know what it would be called? Hmm. Class clown. There you go. <laughs> Boom. What am I doing here? What am I doing here? You're Wasting a, these talents. But welcome. No, Thank I you. mean, Brown, they had, we had some really good graduates come out of Brown. Yeah. So, yeah. I went to a small school in Southern California, guys. Don't worry. I don't want to get into my academic history. It's fine. Well, I, I don't think I was saying it in a competitive nature. <laughs> Just we were the Cougars, the Azusa Pacific University Cougars, total student body What 4, does that 000. have to do with Mike's background in radio? He went to Baloo and Brown. I was in Los Angeles. Brown College. We're just saying because it was a thing here. Rocco, don't you feel threatened? Uh, no. But yeah, okay. you probably don't know. Brown was uh, like a radio school for yes. forever yep. here, yes. right? Yes. Mm-hmm. And uh, pretty much none of us here at the station went there. I didn't go either. Grant and I were in like one of the, I think, the final two classes. Yeah, so. I got yeah. to, by the time I was in radio, I got to go and, and, and be one of the people that they bring in to listen to their final project. Oh. So that was fun. Oh, that's fun. That was fun. So, and I had friends that were instructors at Brown, but I didn't Very go to cool. Brown either. I like that. Or or an opportunity uh, like to, to speak to students of mm-hmm. any sort, I think is a really you know, enjoyable thing to right. get, especially, you know, college kids mm-hmm. and even high school kids, that opportunity. Don't you feel now? I mean, I'm 38, but I feel like I may as well be, you know, a hundred years old when talking <laughs> to them because I'm at the point now mm-hmm. where all of the kids, like we went to the Chaska Chanhassen football game on uh, Friday. They, I, I'm, I'm looking at them like, Oh, look at these kids. This must be so fun for these kids in high school, all the kids in the stands, the kids on the field. They just, I feel old to the point where, most all people younger than me feel like they're just children. And it's like in a beautiful way, not okay. in a diminishing way, but like, oh, look how young they are. They got their whole life out of them. So to be right. able to speak to them in high school or college when they're about to enter adulthood and right. really choose a path and things like that, it just seems like such an interesting, fertile time in their life that they might be more receptive to what you have to say. I mean, or I like speaking not. to high school uh, students because I do feel like we have accelerated when people are expected to adult because of the access to information and other Mm -hmm. things we are. And so, you know, there's this, you need to have it figured out so much sooner than I think that I had to, uh, where you can't really just enjoy it. It's like, you're, if you're going to be in sports, you got to figure it out when you're in, you know, fifth grade, if you're going to be like those things. And I think those are very difficult when your frontal lobe is still not even fully developed. You got to take these decisions that can impact you. So it's nice to be able to go, you know, enjoy your, your time as you know a teenager as well and you know real talk because i live with a teenager don't be a pain like <laughs> i know you can only do so much but good lord you that's, know help that's a good that's a good title for a speaking circuit that you, you could just go around with that talking to teenagers and it's just don't, don't be, a, be pain. a pain every parent every teacher every grandparent would thank you for that um right. all right i have a tip we don't even have to make it official unless mm-hmm. producer mike since you did Go to Brown. Yeah. If you want to push the button, I don't want to get in your way. Time for a tip. Wow. Everybody on the show getting tipsy. 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 Wearing these make you look dumber. Any guesses? I'll go around the horn here. Anyone who wants to chime in, we'll start with Miss Shannon. Wearing these Um, makes you look dumber. I'll say overalls. 
Okay. <laughs> I just picked a thing. Overalls. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Michael? Ooh. Um, I will say a baseball cap. Mm-hmm. Baseball cap? Yeah. Not a bad guess. Uh, DJ Rock Lobster. Rainbow suspenders. Okay. <laughs> Shout out to Singing maybe Robin our Williams. Our clown, our clown <laughs> <room>. yeah. <laughs> Wearing glasses no. makes you look dumber. No. This is true, my friends. There was a study in the Middle East who found that people there actually think glasses make us look less intelligent. And when people were in glasses, they were like, oh, yep, no, they, they were better. They seemed smarter when they took those off. That's the opposite of pretty much every other study right. that's ever been done. Mm-hmm. So why was this the case? It turns out that some cultures just don't associate glasses with higher IQs as we here in America do. All the other studies on it were done in Western countries like the United States. But this one, as I mentioned, done in the Middle East, specifically in Jordan, for whatever reason, they don't associate glasses you just with physically flawed. Yes, it's funny that you say that, that though, mm-hmm. because uh, one thing that we all agree on in these studies is that glasses tend to make people slightly less attractive. Mm-hmm. People rated glasses wearers as looking less confident as well. One group does think that glasses are hot, though. It's people who also wear glasses. Right. I was like, they gave other glasses wearers like the thumbs up. Man. I notice all the time. I'm like, those are good ones. Where'd you get those? I think the glasses can make people look more attractive. I have a variety. The, the right I face. Have, I have some boring glasses. I don't, I'll call them that. And then I have like today I have on my, I think they look interesting. My, my sexy girl glasses. So I think oh, yeah. I like, yes. so these, these are the ones I'm like. If I'm, if I'm wearing them and I have a show, you this feel is like the one that an- I will wear this one. And it's part of the ambiance and the aura that I present. But there's also a lots of times if I'm doing something, I don't wear them at all because yeah. I'm like, ah, for this one, it'll just, you know, it'd be a pain. I have mm-hmm. a very, very slight prescription. I mm-hmm. got LASIK done years ago when I was in New, in New Mexico. Yeah. Um, so I just have a very slight prescription. So I got glasses this year. Got it from, what is it, Warby Parker, where yeah. they send mm-hmm. you the five and That's I did all that. That's what these are. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. I spend so much time going back and forth and back and forth, and is it the right one? I choose this pair that I get, and I think they give me a headache every time I wear them just because of, like, the tightness of them. Are they too tight? I think they might be a little bit too tight. Point is, I spent the better part of two weeks, if you randomly came up to me during the day and said, what are you thinking? I would say about the glasses, which one should I get? Spent all that time thinking about them. Don't ever wear them. But then take them to the Warby Parker and have them adjusted think so yes i know oh, so. we have a local one don't yes, we Yes, we do so just take them in and have them adjusted but any pretty much any optometrist will they'll, they'll tweak them they just won't it's just if they break them on accident when they're adjusting them then it's, it's on, on you. you right but yeah. you can still have it's them on adjusted. you fat face yeah <laughs> they're like sorry pal face. well that's how you they just, feel you sized them wrong because you did them online and you hadn't had them before yeah. It was easy for me. Like I'm sure that Rocco could get his on, order his online because we've been wearing glasses for years. So I'm like, oh, this is the number I have to look at. Yeah, you so just was... picked them because they were green or whatever. Yes, <laughs> I was like, look how cool and I thought. Look how smart I look. Right. I thought, look how smart. And then I, I did this full thing right before this was a few months ago. Right before I went out on uh, Kelly and Ryan, I was like, guys, oh, yeah. do I do glasses? No glasses. Glasses. I end up doing glasses. I sit down, feeling a little bit insecure about them, mm-hmm. and the first thing they say, oh. So you're here with the glasses. What are you trying to be incognito now? What's and I was like, no, I did a full thing, and then they're pulling. But their you should have counted that as a compliment because that means that you're giving off Clark Kent vibes. That's pretty dope. Yeah. Yeah, but isn't he hotter as Superman? Nope. Oh. Nope. Okay. Nope. You're nope. a superhero nerd. You're yep. a comic book nerd. Right. <laughs> this is like glasses people are in other glasses people. Uh-uh. <laughs> Moving on.
Uh, hey, when we come back, we have got a dirt alert coming your way. And then let's talk about how many shows or movies the average American has on their list. I want to know what's on the top of your list right now. We'll get into that when we come back. Don and Steve, my talk.